your Locked On Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Flames. Coming up today, is Matt Murray the answer to Calgary's goalie problems? Plus, it's a weekend full of Game 7s in the NHL playoffs, and it's Friday, so we're handing out our winners and losers of the week. I'm Jess Belmosto, alongside Sean Lavery. Be sure to subscribe and follow Locked on Flames for free wherever you get your podcasts. You'll get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it comes out each day. Sean, I will not say happy Friday, but welcome back. Nice. I'm excited. It's the... (laughs) It's, I don't know about you, but like I've been out of school for a few years now, mm-hmm. and I'm, today's my last shift at a old job, and then Tuesday is my first shift at a new job. So I guess like I kind of have that back to school feeling. But like this, this doesn't feel like the last. Like I guess everyone thinks of Labor Day as the end of summer. This doesn't mm-hmm. feel like the end of summer to me yet. I don't know about you, but um, definitely not. That's good. It, yeah, I mean, I think it's because you know it's still a little warm out here. Um, for probably the next week or so, the sun's shining today, but you know, I'm out of school as well. So it just doesn't feel like summer's ending. (laughs) Right. And that's the good thing. It's usually around this time that we, we're all like ultra depressed thinking that Mm -hmm. summer's at an end and it's Labor Day, but I think the COVID shutdown, no one's doing anything anymore. So, you know, everything's just kind of status quo. It's like, oh, it's Friday, but we're still stuck in our houses, (laughs) staying at home. So Exactly. Everything is still status quo. How uh, I listened to yesterday's podcast sounded fantastic without me. So apologies to all the listeners for my return. Um, (laughs) But I was like, I was, I obviously wasn't able to do yesterday for a bunch of reasons, super busy, but in my, in my time, my downtime trying to think of things to talk about today, you know, we talked about Matt Murray quite a bit this week and we were comparing a bunch of goalies to who should Calgary be interested in? What kind of goalie should Calgary be interested in? Matt Murray's name was obviously always in the conversation. And then I did see a few tweets that Matt Murray, you know, there's a bunch of teams that have maybe called the Penguins or maybe the Penguins have called a bunch of teams where uh, the Flames have now been linked to Murray. Uh, Toronto's been linked to Murray. I think it's a list of about seven teams uh, that are, officially linked to Matt Murray as potential trade uh, destinations. Jess, let's just say it is Calgary that is the one that makes the deal out of those seven teams or whatever it is. How would you react? Would you be happy with a Matt Murray trade to Calgary? Would that satisfy that kind of itch that you have for a goalie as, as someone who observes the flames or um, what would you, how would you react to a Matt Murray deal that brings him to Calgary? You know, I would be happy. I think that it provides you know, more stability than what's there now. Um, Obviously people are, you know, there's always going to be downsides to bringing in a new player and having to, you know, trade some away. But I think that overall it would be, you know, positive. I think it would be a positive, maybe a step in the right direction. Mm -hmm. I just don't know how much, confidence the deal would inspire in me necessarily yeah like because matt murray just on a trend has been trending downwards for a course of multiple seasons now it's been at least two seasons where he's kind of been trending downwards so i mean that if he was if he was the matt murray of maybe four years ago or three years ago um obviously the price to acquire him would be a lot higher but the confidence would be a lot higher as well um it's not the worst thing in the world that he's trending downwards he's still 26 it's not like 
this could be the end of his career if he keeps this trend going downwards. But um, the other thing that worries me with him trending downwards is just how much money he's asking for and he's arbitration eligible. And it's, you know, I was reading a few Penguins blogs today just prepping for the show and it kind of sounds like a number of five or six million dollars is going to be what it takes to sign Murray. Um, and I don't know if, if he's that if he's worth that right now at least uh, he obviously was worth that once upon a time and maybe even worth a little bit more uh, but just given how he's played the last couple of years and now he's you know kind of losing a job and pricing himself out in Pittsburgh uh, the trending downwards combined with what it would take to sign him in Calgary um, it it would have me you know hopeful hopefully op- optimistic um, but you know not the most confident uh, instilling acquisition i don't think but uh i think it would be an upgrade over the duo of riddick and talbot and that kind of comes into the next point of the discussion assuming the flames were to get murray is what do you do with option number two like or goalie number two i guess um would it be one of talbot or riddick or would you just go super cheap with maybe someone like john gillies or uh you know get someone else entirely on on the cheap because murray's probably going to come at a price like I, I just feel like if Matt Murray comes to Calgary, we might end up in a situation where we could be in a 1A, 1B all over again, except this time the Flames will be play, paying a lot more for it. Yeah, I mean, I think you would have to, you know, keep Riddick just for safety reasons, because who knows, maybe this season was just a fluke and down year for whatever reason, but... I, I don't know. I just, I, I, it's so hard to tell because like, obviously you want to have faith in Redick, but he didn't really give us much to work with this season. Right. <laughs> it's just, it's just a big question mark. It, yeah. Goaltending will remain a big question mark. I think. Yeah. Even on a good day, goaltending is a question mark. So um, right now it's, it's all the harder and those same, you know, thinking about of this from a Penguins perspective, you're kind of in a nice position being in Pittsburgh because if seven teams are interested in Murray and, you know, Murray was the number one option on TSN's trade bait board, like, you know, he's obviously kind of one of the the big pieces available on the market this year. You know, it's kind of like you're in a position where you can get two teams bidding against each other and keep driving that price up. And so just reading a few articles out of Pittsburgh on, you know, what the future uh, for Murray may look like and what kind of trade options uh, there could be with any given team, Looking at one article specifically, here are two names, Jess, that they mentioned in targeting um, to land in, in the Matt Murray-Calgary deal. Uh, one would be Sam Bennett. Uh, another would be Dylan Dubé. Another would be Oliver Shillington. Uh, and then the fourth uh, would be the Flames. one of the Flames' better prospects, uh, Emilio Pettersson. Um, you know, all, all four of those players aren't going to be in one deal for Matt Murray, obviously. But, you know, those are kind of four options that Pittsburgh could look at to target as kind of the cornerstone return of that deal. Um, I guess just take it kind of one at a time. Well, maybe we'll start with Sam Bennett and Dylan Dubé. Would you trade either one of those guys for Matt Murray and feel comfortable about it? Um, yes. I, I don't know. It, like um, Sam Bennett obviously has a questionable regular season and he really just kind of peaks in the postseason. So it's kind of like, can you get that all-around consistency with, you know, another prospect or a free agent? 
things like that. So, I mean, I guess I'd be okay with it. It would sting, obviously. But, um, and Dylan Dubé, I think, is great. I think that he is um, obviously coming into his own and getting his skates under him and everything. So, I, I, yeah, I mean, I guess I'd feel fine. I would feel fine with Bennett as well, um, just like you. I, I don't know about Dubé for me, and, you know, this could be me having blinders on just after the playoffs he had. If he had maybe just even an average playoffs, I, I would probably maybe answer the question differently. Um, but, you know, I, I think Bennett just – the regular season, which is, you know, a large portion, obviously, of his of his career. And, you know, that's kind of the majority of the hockey. It's not the most important hockey. Uh, but the regular season numbers just aren't there for me to kind of not feel too bad about losing right. him in a, in a Matt Murray deal. Um, and it would be $2.5 million that the Flames would be, um, you know, getting rid of uh, from a cap. So it makes a little bit of room for, for that Murray deal if need be. Whereas Dylan Dubé, you don't make up as much room on the cap just because he is still on his entry level. So, uh, and then the Shillington and Emilio Pedersen, um, you know, if, if either of those guys was the corner piece of the Murray deal, then there'd probably be a bunch of draft picks and maybe a, at least one first rounder going the other way, which I wouldn't prefer because Calgary has had a, a tough time holding on to draft picks these last few years. But, um, you know, I think there's options and it's just a matter of now can Calgary present the best case to Matt Murray and then, you know, also don't get too focused on Matt Murray because um, there's going to be tons of options out there from from a goaltending perspective this year. There seems to be the off season of the goalies. Like there's no huge unrestricted free agent other than Alex Petrangelo, really. Um, mm-hmm. And then even then, you know, he's a a bit of an older number one defenseman. So it's not like the John Tavares year or the Steven Stamkos year where right. it's an all out like bidding war. Um, Petrangelo would obviously be a fantastic piece for any team, but it's, it's just not the same caliber. So uh, in terms of, you know, the, the position with the most options this summer, it seems to be goaltending, which is good for Calgary in a sense, because that's obviously the position they need to fill the most. So at least they have, it's a, it's a year of options as opposed to a year of one team going after the same goalie. Cause there's only one good goalie available. At least there's a little bit of options this year. Absolutely. And I think, uh, I don't know if you watched any of the Vegas and Vancouver game last night, but um, I'm surprised that Alan Walsh hasn't t- tweeted another lovely picture of a sword or a, guillotine or anything like that i think he might be yes he might be saving that for after the series depending on how um, game seven goes it could be like if vegas loses uh it could be you know i would turn your notifications on for alan walsh tweets oh absolutely uh, if vegas were to lose this series and actually coming up next jess this is fantastic because we're gonna get into those game sevens we mentioned those uh the one vancouver against vegas there is now a total of three game sevens to look forward to this weekend so jess and i will get you ready for all of those coming up next plus of course uh, it's friday so we will do winners and losers of the week as well but first we have to tell you about our friends at built bar and built bar is the protein bar changing the game uh in the protein bar industry and you know if I told you, hey, maybe if you want to have a nice snack while you're watching the game, have a protein bar, you'd probably laugh at me. But Built Bar is, is changing that because Built Bar, Jess, and you've actually had one of these. It's more like a chocolate bar, but with the, the protein bar nutritional benefits. If, if I recommend it to you, like I, I invited you over to my house this weekend, we watched the games, and all I had for viewing snacks was Built Bars, would you be upset with me or would you be okay with me? I would be 
very okay with that selection because uh, I'm a big Built Bar fan. The gyms here just opened back up. So, you know, I grab one in the morning before I head to the gym and it keeps me full. And I don't know how you watch the games, Sean, but I tend to like pick at food even when I'm full. But with Built Bar, like you, like, I don't know what it is, but it just, it kind of stops that like, oh, I'm I need to keep eating feeling. So I'd be more than happy with that. That's amazing. And the great part is I would have 18 amazing flavors for you to choose from. Uh, we all know the 12 original flavors like raspberry and German chocolate and mint brownie. Uh, but Bolt Bar has recently added six new flavors to choose from. Uh, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, uh, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp as well, and a cherry flavor. So 18 huge flavors to choose from from Bolt Bar, all covered in 100% delicious chocolate and all soft and easy to choose. So no matter what your uh, taste may be, Built Bar will have something for you. They are great for the health conscious person and can help you lose or maintain weight while indulging in that delicious treat. And the bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and they'll mix in great with your keto diet if that uh, happens what you happen to be on right now. And for the next little bit, while the supplies last, you're gonna get a free cooler with purchase when you go to BuiltBar.com. So go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, all one word, and you'll get $10 off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Locked on Flames continues. Don't forget to follow Sean and I on Twitter. I'm at Jessica Belmosto, and you can find Sean at Sean underscore Lavery. Earlier this week, we talked about um, potential Game 7s, what games we wanted to see, if any of them would take it to Game 7. And naturally, the one that I picked mm. is the only one not going. I'm surprised we're at three Game 7s. I, I yeah. almost can't believe it. So we were at every series was a 3-1, to one, and then now only one of them ended you know, relatively early, and all the rest went to a Game 7, which – you know, we're all winners out of this one, um, mm-hmm. having three amazing Game 7s to choose from. And, you know, each series kind of have, has its own uh, little layer of drama built into it. So uh, one thing I will say, Jess, though, is the NHL has, like, destroyed their <laughs> scheduling reputation all over again. Uh, the Stars and the Avalanche, we are recording at one twenty right now, Mountain Time, so uh, 3.20 in the East. They're just under an hour from playing their Game 7. Uh, the Canucks and Golden Knights are playing, I believe, at 9 Eastern. Um, wow. So they have two games in one day today, and they're one's early in the afternoon and one's late in the evening. Um, it's just bizarre. Bizarre, bizarre yeah. choices uh, from the NHL. They could have had an amazing doubleheader tonight. Uh, and then the Islanders and Flyers, they're playing tomorrow afternoon. I believe it's 5.30 uh, Mountain Time, so uh, 7.30 in the East, which would be, um, you know, that's that's standard. So at least they, they got one day, right? But that the one day you're going to have a double header, uh, they kind of dropped the ball on that. But I guess we shouldn't have expected much else from the NHL. We, we can't. We just have to kind of have our expectations um, very low. And if they exceed them, that's great. But at the same time, with low expectations, uh, you can't be disappointed. Like they're we're two weeks away from NFL football coming back, and like mm-hmm. NBA basketball is around, sure, but um, you know they're they're not playing as many games as the NHL is right now. Right. Uh, so it, 
like they had an opportunity to kind of seize tonight, seize Friday night, or maybe if you make the doubleheader Saturday night, that could be your night. Uh, but instead, you know, they've kind of just opted to continue to be uh, the third best, or yeah. I guess the third or fourth best league in, in North America, depending on how you view things. But anyways, regardless of the schedules, let's look at the actual games. Which of those teams, so we mentioned earlier in the week that we're all up three to one, that was Dallas and Vegas and the Islanders. They were all up three to one. Which of those do you have the least amount of confidence in going into tonight? Dallas, because um, I really just want the Avalanche to win. <laughs> but I also, I, I don't know. I haven't seen anything. I mean, I haven't really been on Twitter today to check, you know, the news or lineup changes or anything. But their goaltending situation kind of like makes me scratch my head because is Ben Bishop ready to go? Is right. it going to be Hudobin? Like what? I just feel like that kind of um, not stress, but up in the air kind of leaves room for players to like, not really be sure like what to expect. I, I don't know. I don't even yeah. know if I'm making any sense, but you know, no, you're making perfect sense. And like, it's amazing how much goaltending is, is kind of at the forefront for these okay. game sevens that uh, the, the ads are starting Michael Hutchinson, I believe in game seven, uh, he's won the last two games for Colorado. And you know, it's, it's, I believe their fourth stringer, like they're on their fourth fourth goalie, uh, the Avs are, with starting Michael Hutchinson in Game 7. You just went through Dallas and all the questions they have between Bishop and Kondobin. Um, Vegas, obviously, huge drama there between if they're going to start Leonard or Flurry, And then the Canucks have a good story in Thatcher Demko, um, the young rookie goalie who has replaced mm -hmm. Markstrom in these final two games and actually had a 48-save shutout the other night. Um, he's likely to play Game 7 for the Canucks. So, I mean, goaltending is kind of the story of all these game sevens except for the islanders and flyers who are just kind of like looking at everyone else like what are you guys doing like just figure it out uh, be like us but i am also on the same page as you i i also have the least amount of confidence in dallas um just because of how good like colorado they they've really like if you just looked at the series from when it was 3-1 to now um, all those games colorado has played they've been kind of, I think what we had more in mind as to what Colorado was going to be like these playoffs. They've, mm -hmm. they've been the dominant team by a lot. So uh, if we were to look at the other side, the team we have the most confidence going in to tonight, um, I think I would pick Vegas. How about you? Um, oh my goodness. You know, I, I don't like rooting for Vancouver. It's not even like a 2011 Bruins thing. It's just like, I don't know what it is. And um, I actually know not to like flex here and name drop, but Adam Gaudet grew up in um, kind of near where I'm from. So like he has local ties. So like, I want to root for them. <laughs> so I'm just going to say I have the most confidence in them. Yeah. Nice. And so if you are Vegas, um, who would you pick between Flurry and Leonard? Like, I think to me, this, this, like it's obviously a huge story with that with the Alan Walsh tweet and you know all the drama kind of surrounding it, but I think they're kind of in an okay spot where I don't really know if one guy would really be that much of a difference to mm -hmm. the other, right? Like I feel like it's more likely than not that regardless of who Pete DeBoer picks, he's kind of going to get the same result, whether it's Fleury or Leonard. Um, so maybe a little bit of of media overblowing here, but um, still, it's like it's a fun dramatic question to ask oh, and you know for me personally I'll I'm going to pick Marc-Andre Fleury I'm going to go with the experience in this case um, 
it also is one of those decisions too, where maybe managements could be in coaches ear saying like, whatever decision you make is probably going to have a big impact on how next season looks. Right. So definitely if the board picks Leonard, you know, it's kind of like, well, Flurry's already packing his bags and getting ready to go to another team next season. Uh, but if the board picks Flurry, that kind of leaves the question of is Leonard going to sign a big deal somewhere else. And Vegas hangs on to Flurry for a couple more years. So, I mean, it's a, it's a loaded question for sure. What side would you pick between Flurry or Leonard? Uh, so I was actually having this conversation with my friends on Zoom last night, and we were just kind of like talking about the whole goalie controversy, because as Bruins fans, that's kind of been um, a storyline here for a while, even though like, it's not real goalie controversy, like there is in, I guess, Vegas. But um, I would go with Leonard, because I just, I think that he had I mean while Flurry has the um experience I just I feel like Leonard is really hot right now and it would be dumb not to start him but then I also think like you said like management is probably in DeBoer's ear and saying um you know you could probably be packing your bags too if all this goes wrong sure. so I mean, I Leonard deserves to be paid this off season. So I, um, <laughs> I don't know. I guess I would just kind of give him the chance to shine in Game Seven. Mm-hmm. I feel like we might not find out either way until warmups yeah. or whatever, right? So um, it's it's interesting. I, I don't. I think there was one Vegas writer, Jesse Granger from the Athletic, who ran a poll for his followers, who obviously are mostly Golden Knights fans. And if I remember correctly, I'm just trying to find this now as I speak, but if I remember correctly, uh, it was 80% in favor of Marc-Andre Fleury, of all those readers uh, that Jesse Granger from The Athletic, who uh, covers the Golden Knights. Uh, Yeah, so 78% for Fleury, 22% for Leonard, and that's with nearly 8,000 votes. So uh, at least in Vegas, they are calling for Fleury. Now, the forgotten team and kind of all of this right now with all the Game 7s going on, obviously, would be Tampa Bay, who has already booked their ticket to the conference finals on the east side of things. Do you think, now this is another bubble kind of question and another layer of being in the NHL bubble. Like, in a normal playoff year, you know, sports radio in Tampa Bay is doing the old, like, is, are the lightning losing all their momentum because they're sitting at home waiting for their opponent. Right. And, you know, it's one thing to be, you know, cooped up in your mansion in Tampa Bay and practicing every day and then going to the beach later in the afternoon. Do you think it's going to be even harder for a team like Tampa where they're just, where they have to sit around and they're basically locked into a single floor of a hotel in downtown Mm -hmm. Toronto? Like, you know, we've, we saw the board comment after I think it was the first round about, you know, kind of just the wear and tear and what life is like in the bubble. Like at least his team, DeBoer and the Golden Knights, at least they've been playing games yeah. you know, the whole way through. This is like, this is the first time where we've really had a team uh, win early and then just kind of sit there and, and wait for everyone else to catch up. Like, do you think Tampa is going to maybe have a harder time getting going again in the conference finals this year than any other year where they would normally be at home in Tampa Bay? Oh, absolutely. And I think, um, it, you know, when I was reading this note, it reminded me of last season when they had kind of checked out um, after really securing their playoff spot in those last few games of the regular season. And then they were just waiting and going golfing and just living there like, oh, like, oh, it'll be a breeze. No big deal. It's just Columbus. And then they go in and get swept. So 
you know, it's, I'm sure that it is a lot different because like you said, you're stuck in a hotel. You are, I don't like, there's no games for you to go watch really. Um, it's not like when there was a qualifying rounds and we had 12 hours of hockey a day, but, um, I do think that it's going to be a little bit of a, a challenge for Tampa to get back out there and get in the swing of things. Yeah, this year I think is, is going to be harder than any um, mm-hmm. to just sit around. Like it's nice to win the series early and and you know not make your life as hard as it could be against Boston, who's obviously a good team. It was nice for Tampa to, and from their perspective, to to finish that off early and, and just kind of chill and relax. But you know it's that chilling and relaxing that is a whole lot different this year um, than it would be any other years. So. The conference finals, at least on the east side of things with Tampa Bay, regardless of who they get, if it's the Islanders or Philly, it's going to be interesting just to watch the lightning and, and kind of see where they're at after, you know, almost a week in the hotel of just sitting there and not doing much. So uh, there we go. It's going to be a fun weekend, uh, the doubleheader tonight. That really isn't a doubleheader because it feels like there's nine hours in between games. And then uh, tomorrow's uh, 730 uh, game seven. So three game sevens tonight after we thought we were going to have zero. Um, I will take that every day of the week and still ahead in the show. It is our last episode of the week. So we will hand out our winners and losers. Stay tuned. Locked on flames with Jess Belmosto and Sean Lavery continues. Don't forget to follow our show's Twitter feed at LO underscore flames. All right. So I hyped this segment up yesterday I was very excited because, I mean, if you've been listening for a while, you obviously know that um, I love lists and I love this segment because it sheds light on, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly. (laughs) But, uh, Sean, do you want to give us your winner of the week? My winner of the week, uh, I'll go back to those game sevens. Like, thinking we were going to have zero after every second round series was three to one, and now we are treated to... Uh, three game sevens this weekend. That is by far my winner of the week. Just the fact that NHL fans are actually going to finally see a game seven after it was so hopeless earlier this round. Uh, I would have liked to have a Boston Tampa game seven. That would have been one of the great games of the playoffs, Uh, but I'll take, I'll take what I can get. So uh, my winner of the week will be the game sevens. There are three of them this weekend and I'm excited for that. Uh, Jess, how about your winner of the week? Um, Oscar Lindblom of the Philadelphia Flyers. He was diagnosed with a pretty aggressive form of bone cancer back in December. And he skated last night. He played in game six against the Islanders. And I believe he had about um, 17 and a half minutes uh, on the ice, which I mean, is a lot for, you know, a regular 60 minute game. But then uh, I believe it was double overtime. So it kind of like seemed a lot less dramatic and a lot less of um, – it wasn't as heavy of a load as right. it could have been seen as. But, um, you know, I, just, I think that's incredible to go from like, you know, I think it was 265 days, he said, or um, the Phillies – nope the flyers tweeted out saying that um, like in between his diagnosis and getting back out on the ice, which is just insane. Yeah. That was, that was a cool story to see. And I think the NHL Instagram account kind of put up a nice four minute Instagram mm-hmm. TV video of just kind of his whole uh, journey of, of what he's been going through the last year and a bit. So 
Um, that is a very great candidate for a winner of the week for sure. How about loser of the week, Jess? It's been quite the week for yourself and your yeah. Bruins. Do you want to maybe uh, tell us who your loser of the week is? Yeah, it's, it's the Bruins. Um, the more that comes out about, you know, these injuries that they were battling uh, in free agency that's coming up, like the Bruins are more than likely going to lose Tori Krug, who is a huge locker room guy and just a huge asset to the team all around because uh, you know, he wants to chase that bag and secure the money and that's fine. I respect it. And then, um, you know, Posternock was playing with a lower body injury and he dipped, he went right, right to Prague after Toronto. He, <laughs> I mean, I don't blame him. He could probably do more there, but it's just a whole lot of disappointment. Yeah, that's a, that's. I'll, I'll probably just leave it there. I don't want to throw more yeah. dirt on the coffin of the Bruins. Uh, my loser of the week will be the nightmares that Flames have, Flames fans have over the 2014 NHL entry draft. Um, I talked about it earlier in the week when Thatcher Demko won his uh, first playoff game as a rookie uh, goaltender for the Canucks earlier this week, but um, he just kind of added more to it with a 48 save shutout, which I believe was the most in a regulation win um, by any rookie NHL goaltender and maybe any NHL goaltender period, if I remember the stat correctly, um, which I should do a lot better job of. But anyways, (laughs) um, the Flames, you know, that whole year leading up to the 2014 draft, Demko was the so obvious best goalie prospect in the draft. And then the Flames just decided to be cool and make a surprise happen and pick Mason McDonald early in the second round. Uh, And then just one pick later, uh, Thatcher Demko gets selected by the Canucks. And now it's 2020 and we're watching Demko um, force a game seven against one of the best teams in the Western Conference. And I have no idea where Mason McDonald is. I couldn't even tell you uh, or guess. So, um, you know, it's just, I mentioned it earlier in the week, it's, you know, there's so many draft stories like this where, you know, you were one pick away or, or, or a few picks away from getting something spectacular and it's just a complete bust. So uh, even, you know, I was like, I was trying to look for some, some, you know, something positive out of the 2014 draft. And, you know, I was like, well, Sam Bennett got picked fourth overall, but then, you know, David Pasternak <laughs> got picked 25th overall and uh, dry saddle was third. So you're, you're one away from dry saddle and, uh, even Nick Ehlers, who was ninth, or Braden Point, uh, the Calgary kid, a local kid, was 79th. And there's 13 players who have more points in that draft class than Sam Bennett. Um, so, I mean, that just this has been a week of of kind of PTSD from that draft for Flames fans. Oh, so uh, that's my loser of the week for sure is people like me and the Demko, spic- the Demko pick specifically uh, is such a haunting one just given what Demko's doing in the playoffs right now. Now, granted, it's only two games and he hasn't done anything over the course of a, even a single regular season. So, um, you know, it's it's not a write-off yet, but it's it's sure looking that way. So that'll be my loser of the week. Jess, do you maybe want to switch the momentum here, get things a little bit more positive with a shout-out for us? So this is just – this really should have been my loser of the week. But uh, one of the colleges here in New York, SUNY Oneonta, um, they had a massive party and then uh, racked up a whopping 389 COVID cases, causing their college to shut down and everybody to move back out and do remote learning. So shout out to all of you selfish buttholes out there. It's going to be quite something. My brother is actually moving to college right now as we speak, actually. He's going – he goes into – he goes to school in Lethbridge, which is – just a couple hours of away from Calgary by car. 
and I asked him actually earlier this week, I was like, are you, cause he comes home every, you know, at least a couple weekends a month. And I just asked him, are you coming home every weekend this year? And he basically said, yeah, cause there's going to be nothing to do on the weekends there. Like there's no, there's no typical parties or, or hockey games to go watch or anything to do. So uh, it'll be a lot of driving for him from between Lethbridge and Calgary this weekend. So it's, it's, it's a quite the school year. It makes me happy. I'm done school and out of school. And uh, this would be quite something to go through and doing while doing school. Yeah, it's just a big ball of chaos, I feel like. And, you know, I give props to anybody who can do this because it's a lot. It is just not something everybody's cut out for. Mm -hmm, Indeed. Um, My shout out of the week, I will... I couldn't come up with one. So I'm just going to shout out the Calgary summer weather. Uh, it's, it's been a decent summer uh, here in Calgary. Like early on, there was the typical rain and hail storms that we always see. But after that, like it kind of flipped in mid July and ever since mid July up till up till now, it's been fantastic. You know, I, I haven't had a single round of golf rained out yet this summer, uh, knock on wood. So uh, shout out to the Calgary summer weather, even though we've been locked inside the whole summer. Uh, you know, it's, it's finally nice to have a good summer, uh, weather-wise here in Calgary. So um, that'll be my shout-out this week. Hopefully next week I can come up with a much better shout-out than that. <laughs> but uh, coming up next week, we will have full reaction to all three Game 7s this weekend, and we'll look ahead, of course, to the conference finals and the NHL playoffs. Uh, with it being Labor Day weekend, we will uh, not have an episode for you on Monday, but we will be back on Tuesday. Uh, in the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter. Jess is at Jessica Belmosto, and I am at Sean underscore Lavery. And be sure to subscribe and follow this podcast right now on your favorite podcast app, and you'll get the latest episode of Locked on Flames as soon as it's available each day. And don't forget to subscribe and listen to Locked on Devils with Trey Matthews. As earlier this week, he had a great conversation with the play-by-play voice of the Seattle Kraken, Everett Fitzhugh. Jess, thanks for uh, today, and enjoy your long weekend. Thank you. You too, Sean.